Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaBusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. What is the cloud? It's not just pie in the sky anymore. SAP presents In the Cloud with Game Changers with your host, Bonnie D. Graham. Are you in the cloud yet? If you are, do you know how to maximize its potential? Get ready for an hour of innovations and innovators who will explain how they are using the cloud. Find out how to make it work for you or work more effectively for you. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. And today's phrase is women in IT. I have a question for you. True or false? Gender diversity in the IT workforce enables better decision making, increased creativity, and innovative performance. True or false? We're going to find out in a minute. I have a quote for you from a recent report from NCWIT. The uninitiated would like to know that's National Center for Women and Information Technology. It's from their Women in IT Facts report. Listen carefully. The technology industry is one of the fastest growing industries in the U.S. The U.S. Department of Labor estimates that by 2018, okay, do the math, that's six years from now, there will be more than 1.4 million total new computing-related job openings. That's a lot when considering growth and replacement needs. Tech job opportunities are predicted to grow at a faster rate than all other jobs in the professional sector or up to 22% over the next decade. Those are staggering numbers. Highly qualified women are well-positioned to move into these open jobs, yet, here's the kicker, the industry is failing to attract this talent. Furthermore, women already employed in the tech industry are leaving at staggering rates. Failing to capitalize on this talent threatens U.S. productivity, innovation, and competitiveness. I have a panel of four very smart, very savvy women in IT, involved in IT, who know about IT. We're going to hear from them today, and we're going to kick this around and find out true or false. First, I'm going to be speaking with Emily Jasper. Let me bring her quote in, and we'll hear from her in a minute. Emily says, when you talk about women in IT, two different conversations are going on. Women in computing roles versus women in leadership. Solutions that address one area may actually hinder the other. I'll be asking Emily in a minute what she meant by that. Marilyn Kibler Cologne says, women are excellent leaders because they understand the business issues and they know how to build relationships and collaborate throughout all levels of the organization to drive and implement technical solutions. Great quote from Marilyn. You'll be meeting her in a minute. Sherry Ann Meyer, no stranger to the show, is back and Sherry loves to quote movies. Today we're talking about a league of their own and Sherry says there's no crying in baseball Tom Hanks as Jimmy Dugan in the movie was flipping out excuse me on right fielder Evelyn Gardner for costing the team the league and Sherry I'll talk to you in a minute but I looked it up and Biddy Schramm played Evelyn Gardner and she was one of my favorite actresses on the Monk series forgive me for that and our fourth guest today is Tracy Arnish and Tracy says as women we must be the masters of our own destiny and take ownership for the strengths we bring as transformation 
international leaders. What a great panel. I want you to join us for the next hour for Women in IT, Gender Diversity at Work. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, and I also have a strong background as a woman in IT, and I'll weave that into the conversation if my guests will let me get a word in edgewise. Hey, you want to listen to our Coffee Break with Game Changers show on Wednesdays? We'd love to have you there here on the Business Channel, 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 Eastern. And if you've missed some shows and you want to hear them, go to SAPGameChangersRadio.com. We'll even send you a free official SAP Game Changers mug, and you wouldn't believe the compliments we get on those great mugs. So, pitch over. Now, let's go meet my guest. Emily Jasper is currently a secret agent, ooh, and a writer with the Star Conspiracy, a full-service marketing agency for companies in specialized segments. She's a two-time recipient of Forbes Woman's Top 100 Websites for Women. She blogs from from the Gen Y perspective. That tells you her age, age group, as well as Forbes Online. Welcome, Emily. Just say hello. Hi, how are you doing? Fine. Glad to have you back. You were just on a few weeks ago, and I'm delighted that you accepted the invitation. Good. We love having you. So let's turn to Marilyn Kibler-Colon, Director of Technology in the Energy Advisory Services Practice at Sirius Solutions in Dallas, Texas. Senior Business and Technology Exec, Marilyn has over 20 years of leadership experience, and that's her POV. Say hello, Marilyn. Hi, Bonnie. Happy to be here. Delighted to have you on board and welcome to In the Cloud with Game Changers. Sherry Ann Meyer, you're a pro at this already. Manager IT HR Solutions and Delivery for Air Products and Chemicals, Inc. Sherry's a blogger, a human capital management expert, a speaker, and we know she's an influencer. Welcome back, Sherry. How are you today? I'm doing great, Bonnie. It's great to be back. Thanks for having me. And thank you for responding to our invitation. You're so busy, it's hard to get a hold of you. And here you are, and we love it. And welcoming new to the show is Tracy Arnish, Global VP, Talent Experience at SAP. Big title, big title, Tracy. You previously were with your leadership at, as VP and Managing HRBP of SAP Canada and SAP Labs North America. Under your leadership, this is great, SAP Vancouver was named Most Innovative Workplace by the YWCA's Women of Distinction 2012 Select. Committee. Congratulations and welcome, Tracy. How are you today? I'm fantastic, Bonnie. Thanks for having me here. Wonderful. My pleasure. We're going to do a shout out to Liz Brenner as well, who couldn't join us. We'll get her on the radio show one of these days. Okay, time to deep dive into the quotes. Emily, when you talk about women in IT, two different conversations are going on, I assume simultaneously women in computing roles versus women in leadership. Talk to me, Emily. What do you mean? Well, just as, as there are in many specialties, when you build education around uh, some kind of specific skill set, that skill set may be wonderful at a you know, individual contributor level, but that skill set may not be the same that a leader needs to have. And sometimes those specialists don't always want to be managers. They don't want to pick up all of the paperwork that may go with that or take on all of the additional responsibility. And so you have to think about, okay, we do want to get more women with these technical skills, but at the same time, women in leadership in those companies, they may have to be the bridge builders between the technical skills and the business skills. Okay. Do you think some women start out technical and they really want to aspire to or cross that bridge over to leadership and they have a special talent because they know both sides of the equation, Emily? Or do you think there's really a very fine, a very heavy line between those? No, I think those people who can do both are going to be the real game changers, as you call them. They're going to be the ones who really bring companies into that market of women consumers who helps design those products and changes the way we look at things because they're speaking to a market but have the technical background to do it. Those are, you know, those people who can have both perspectives 
are so important in this industry. Good to know. We'll be talking more about that in a minute. Let's bring on Marilyn Kibler-Cologne. Marilyn, you said women are excellent leaders, and here are the reasons. They understand the business issues. They know how to build relationships and collaborate. Two very, very key words on Game Changers program, on all of our programs, throughout all levels of the organization to drive and implement the technical solutions. Talk to me about how do we know women know how to build relationships and collaborate? Are we really better than men, Marilyn? <laughs> <laughs> well, yes, Bonnie, we, we are. And the basic premise for that statement is that I think that we've had to work a lot harder at it historically and still today. In fact, there was a Harvard business study done recently this year, as a matter of fact, where the authors analyzed performance evaluations of more, you know, more of their 7,000 leaders that they have as clients. And they found women outscored men in 12 of the 16 attributes that are associated with leadership. And they showed that women scored higher around displaying high integrity, driving for results, and certainly all the nurturing kind of um, attributes. But also they scored very highly high on uh, taking initiative and practicing self-development. And so they were able to draw one of the conclusions um, from the study was that women are more motivated and they're not just assuming things will be handed to them. Women, um, when people give women feedback, they use it. And um, however, it was interesting, this study showed a pattern of data in the survey was really that a majority still today of the senior leaders are men and the higher up the organization mm -hmm. you go, the greater the disparity becomes. And yet, at the same time, women at every level um, are perceived by their bosses, colleagues, and direct reports as superior to their male counterparts in these attribute areas. So it's hard not to conclude that when it comes time for promotion, right. many highly uh, women um, are getting overlooked. So it also revealed another interesting point that women are underrepresented in specific functional areas of the organization, areas like sales and IT, which we know all about on um, the IT mm -hmm. part of the business, um, R&D and operations. These areas have been predominantly male-dominated, and women uh, typically fill in jobs around customer service and HR and accounting, some back office kinds of capabilities. So um, it is a fact that women currently in leadership roles come from extremely uh, come from an extremely selective population, and they've worked tremendously hard to achieve those positions. Thank you, so. Marilyn. We're going to dive a little deeper into your facts. I need to get Sherry and Tracy on. We've got three minutes left in this segment, so forgive my quick segue. Sherry Ann Meyer, Jimmy Dugan, Tom Hanks, Biddy Schram, Evelyn Gardner, a league of their own, no crying in baseball. Take me across that bridge, Sherry Meyer, and tell me what does no crying in baseball have to do with women in IT? Come on, enlighten me here. Well, I just think that the scene itself is pretty funny, but it's also very telling because Tom Hanks in this movie as Jimmy Dugan is just totally does not understand the women he's been stuck with. And literally <laughs> he's been stuck with them in his opinion. And I think also the movie highlights that women can be missed and overlooked. I mean, until I saw this movie, I didn't know about this story about women. Uh, and the women weren't out to prove themselves, which I think is true of a lot of women today. They were just really good at what they did naturally. And Tom Hanks, as Jimmy Dugan throughout the movie, learns that. And it kind of demonstrates what we have to learn from each other gender-wise. Okay, thank you very much. And would you go with the, would you, should we put it up on the wall? There's no crying in IT if you're a woman. <laughs> should we not go that far, Sherry? But, well, I have <laughs> cried in IT. 
I think I have too. I, I, I mentioned to some, a couple of you on pre-calls that I started out as a programmer analyst working for the state of Oregon and two years right out of college with two degrees, I was running a statewide community college operating uh, reporting system and boy, what a trial by fire, but I just loved, I loved doing it and those were the old days with key punch decks. Oh my God, Bonnie, shut up. You're dating yourself. Tracy Arnish, as women, we must be masters of our own destiny. We must take ownership for the strengths we bring as transformational leaders. What I hear here, the keywords, Tracy, are destiny. I hear strengths and I hear transformational leaders. And we just heard that women are leaving IT in droves, that they're not getting through that glass or whatever kind of ceiling it's made of now. So how can we be masters of our own destiny? Take me up to my break and then we will continue with you after the break. Talk to me, Tracy. Good. No, I'm, I'm happy to. Thanks for the opportunity, Bonnie. You know, and Thank this you. actually builds on some nice comments that, that Sherry has just shared. There's been a lot of research that's been done over the last several years that have looked at women and women in leadership. And what that research suggests, and if I use Sherry's language here, is that women don't consciously recognize the need to have to prove themselves. And in some instances, I think women actually unconsciously, we hold ourselves back. I, I recently saw a statistic that suggests that women will not apply for a job unless they feel that they have 80% of the qualifications, where a man might believe they only have 40% and will still be confident uh, in applying. So, you know, I think as, as women, what, how, do we, how do we analyze that? We really need to look at, mm-hmm. do we have a conf- confidence to take a risk? Do we, how do we build the confidence in ourselves that we know we can succeed? And as a mentor and a coach of women, both internally and, and externally to my organization, I've seen so many situations where as women, we also do things that inadvertently minimize our contributions. You know, we attribute success to the team instead of taking some of the credit ourselves. We may not deliver our points with the conviction that our male counterparts uh, will bring to the table. And I can't tell you how many times I've actually coached women to really not do things that qualify their statements. So making, saying things like, you know, you may not agree with me, but, you know, we need uh-huh. to ensure that we deliver with authority and expertise that, that we've, we've really earned and, and deserve to be at the table. I love it. Thank you. And we are at the break, and we're going to do a nice, gracious segue here. I'm going to thank my guests because they are awesome. They have experience. They speak with conviction. Every one of my guests, Emily Jasper, Marilyn Kibler-Cologne, Sherry Meyer, and Tracy Arnish. We're going to hear a lot more from them. We'd love to have you tweet your questions for the panel to hashtag SAP Radio. Malcolm and Greg and Emily and Sherry and all bunch of Liz is tweeting, too. So I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Yes, I am. This is In the Cloud with Game Changers presented by SAP. SAP. We have so much more. You might actually learn something, so stick around and don't even think of touching that app. Justin, out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. 
Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. And we're on the cloud, in the cloud, and we definitely don't have our head in the clouds because I'm talking to four very smart women, Emily Jasper, Marilyn Kibler, Cologne, Sherry Ann Meyer, and Tracy Arnish. Tracy, when we went to break just before you were talking about the women you coach, talking about being masters of our own destiny, is that more possible today to really – to go forward strongly with strength and not kowtow or, or pepper with too many but and what and, and these uh, stalling statements you were describing before. Has the climate in IT for women changed, in your opinion, let's say in the last 10 years? I believe it has, Bonnie. I believe it's opening up, and I think as women we need to be those role model leaders that we are asking our organizations to, to embrace so we can innovate and we can all move, move ahead. You know, I, I really see examples where – Leaders overall, but women really need to be aware of our executive presence. We have to ensure that our influence and our contributions are realized. And for me, this shows up even in being aware of, you know, how are you using eye contact? What's the body language you're bringing to the table? What's your presentation style looking like? And all of this impacts really our effectiveness in being able to influence, to communicate, and to really bring a level of confidence so that others will have trust in us. And, you know, this for me is not about being a man. But it's really mm-hmm. about being aware how we put forth our value in a way that really resonates with the audience that we're speaking to. Very interesting. I'm going to call on Sherry now. I know Sherry had something she wanted to segue on top over after Tracy's statement. What would you like to add, Sherry? Well, I think the, the idea of mastering our own destiny is really it's one thing I like to instill in my own daughters, right? I, but if I look back and going back to the, you know, there's no crying in baseball and a league of their own, it, that was something that I think we're still doing today, where women in that movie could have mastered their own destiny, and they didn't. They downplayed everything they did. And I think you're right that we often ad- adopt a more emotional approach to things, and I think it's because we do like to nurture relationships and we are more relationship-bound that we try to make sure everyone's on the same page. So while being relational like that can be a big benefit, it can also hurt your own destiny. And some of the mm-hmm. best leaders I've seen that are female are very able to separate the two. They're able to state their case clearly, concisely, uh, bring closure to a discussion with an expectation of what they expect, uh, and really be concise and clear about what they want to say and what they expect. Uh, that's something that maybe makes us act more like men. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think it does. I just think it's a skill that we need to develop. It's part of your EQ that you need to listen to and practice and pay attention to. How are you coming across when you're delivering something that you really believe in? 
I have a question for all of you. My question is, are we speaking, when we talk about women in the rank and file, the ranks of IT versus the leadership, that glass ceiling, I don't know what the ceiling's made of anymore. Is it glass? Is it plexi? Mm-hmm. Is it moss? Is it gauze? I don't know. Is it satin? The question is, does what we're talking about, ladies, apply to women who report to men who are, women are the, I won't say the token or the quota, but they are fewer women in a particular work group or leadership organization, whatever it is, or are we talking about women who work for other women? That's my big question. I don't want to dwell on it too much, but I'm wondering what you all have to say about women who work for women. Are we fostering? Maybe Tracy wants to jump on on this for a quick HR reality check. Are women fostering other women and helping them climb, or are they keeping them down on the farm? God, that was terrible, Bonnie. Tracy, what do you think? No, it's 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 a great question, Bonnie, and there's a very famous quote, which I won't quote on air, but it, it really is about, you know, <laughs> women. Let, let me turn it around. There's a special place in heaven for women who support and put forward other women. Uh, there's Thank a, you. An, an opposite for what happens to women that don't actually support other women. Um, Thank you. <laughs> I, I don't think it's happening today across the board the way that it, it needs to be. And it is one of the things that I find um, I'm continuing to coach uh, female leaders that I have the opportunity to work with on is how are they acting as those mentors and those sponsors to the women that are junior to them and, and that are coming up through the ranks. You know, we really need to be taking a leadership position. But at the end of the day, for me, it all comes down to what makes a great leader. And I think that is a bit gender irrelevant, frankly, or it should be. Um, it should and be. whether you are reporting to a man or you're reporting to a woman, um, we really need to be instilling in our current and our future leaders what are those qualities that they need to be transformational. And that's, you know, a lot of what um, the, all the ladies have talked about today. Great points. I want to turn to – oh, who's, who's chiming in? Go ahead. This is Emily. Um, I was going to add that when you talk about fostering leadership skills in women, um, early in their careers is a pretty pivotal transition point because when you take on those manager roles, especially if you're in the same organization and suddenly your peer group, now their role of direct reports, women may want to maintain friendships as opposed to think about leadership. And if they haven't had that mentoring about how to make that transition, they start off early in their career not feeling confident about their leadership skills and having a harder time being sh- being sure of themselves, speaking with authority, and managing teams when, you know, all along the way they've been, you know, the friend and working in teams and talking about more of that equality in the peer group um, so early in the career is another great point. You know, women need mentors from day one, not just, you know, from middle management up, too. Thank you, Emily. And I want, Marilyn, you have a statistic you sent me I found interesting. And let, we're going to go backwards from women already in the workforce to women who are preparing for their jobs. Marilyn sent me the following. Data through 2011 shows that only about 25% of women are graduating with some sort of STEM degree. That's science, technology, engineering, and math. I want Greg or Malcolm to tweet that. S-T-E-M, Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math. Uh, Marilyn, talk to me about this. Is, is this. Are we preparing women to enter this part of the workforce even with enough knowledge to be the worker bees, the, the tech gr- drones, whatever you want to call it? What do you think? Well, I, I think there's a lot of opportunity for improvement here. Um, only 6% of U.S. Uh, graduates leaving college are leaving with a STEM degree. That was just um, out in an article uh, a couple months ago. And STEM really matters if a company wants to compete on a global basis. 
Um, because if there's no qualified resources from the U.S. to fill a job, someone else is going to fill it. And when you look across other countries, uh, 28% of Germany uh, are graduating. Uh, their grads are coming out with STEM degrees. 37 out of 37% out of South Korea, 47% out of China. So there's really a, a lot of um, intensity put um, being put on these statistics for the U.S. to make sure that particularly women, um, uh, really put forth and, and become interested in STEM types of subjects. Um, one study found that if girls are not interested in STEM or if they have a negative experience as early as 12 or 13 years old, say, in school, that their interest um, really no longer becomes in, in a STEM degree. They may go into something else. So it, it is really a, a, a pretty big problem. Very interesting. Thank you. Emily, I wanted to talk about something you told me. You said Google recently reported that it's using an algorithm to ensure more women fill in their technical ranks, which has impacted the way they interview and the way we review women. Do you, can you give us a little more about this? Yeah, they, uh, what they did was they put a lot of what they practiced back into the business and did research on how to ensure that they're even seeing women candidates. And it came down to you know, if a woman applied and never met a man during her interview process, she wasn't as likely to end up there at the company, even if she was qualified, uh, because it just came across as, you know, she was never going to work with other women, even if she was. So they really put a lot of effort into being very purposeful about uh, working within the processes for recruiting and hiring and promoting um, that technical level, though, isn't always transcending. Um, they may have built a pipeline for 15 years from now, but today at uh, Larry Page's leadership circle, not many women are there because he surrounds himself more with programmers, and, you know, previously there just hadn't been as many women. Interesting. Sherry, you want to chime in on that? I know you have, well, you're referring a lot to the movie in a league of their own, but any experience? How, how is it with you? You're a member of ASUG. You have your own leadership position at Air Products and Chemicals. What are you seeing in terms of the IT ladies, whether they're on the leadership side or the, shall we say, the, the tech hands-on side? What are you seeing? Well, it's interesting, and I love all these comments I've been hearing this afternoon because there's so many different um, sides to this story. I mm-hmm. think, you know, as a woman myself in my own career, I was not technically educated. I was not encouraged to go that way. Um, I, you know, I'm more of a creative person. That type of person is much more valuable in IT today than they had been in the past because people are opening their minds up to how the usability, more the usability, and how are people using the technology and how do they need it to fit into their lifestyle. So people like me are probably have more opportunities in the IT world today, especially in leadership positions. Um, I see them more in leadership positions in my own company and the people that I interact with. I don't see as many women doing hands-on development anymore. And actually, it sort of seems to me when I've met a woman who's been a developer, she's quickly, if she's good, she's quickly plucked into the ranks of sales and another career uh, that will lead her into a leadership position. Um, in my own experience with my own daughters, I remember when they were in grade school and they did very well in math, um, and they might have mm-hmm. stumbled on one thing. I think somebody mentioned that if you had a bad experience early on that you never wanted to yes. do it again. My one daughter had a bad experience with 
time the way it was being taught. She never wanted to do math again, yet she was Mm. brilliant at math. And when I talked to the teacher about it, the teacher's response was, well, you know, girls aren't generally good at math, so we don't really worry about that too much. Oh, 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 you just hurt my feelings. Yeah, I couldn't believe she was that direct about it, but if she could be that direct about it, it clearly showed what the rest of the world is thinking and not saying. And, and, you know, I think maybe because we're more sensitive. I don't know. My daughter was sensitive. She took that on hard very early and didn't want to have anything to do with math after that. Very interesting. I want to tell a little anecdote, if I may, ladies. I started out, I told you, in IT, but I was after the fact. I already had a degree in psychology. Wasn't that the major of the century in the 1970s? Oh, my God. Anyway, I landed in a cross-country new divorcee, couple kids, and my parents sent me a bunch of brochures and said, find something and earn a living, for God's sake. And one of the brochures was computer programming. Wouldn't you know? And wouldn't you know there was a community college about five miles away, which was two bus rides for me because I didn't even own a car in those days. And I went and I was told, the classes in computer programming are going to be all full, but people are going to get scared off because it's really hard. So keep coming back for two weeks and we'll have plenty of room. Stick with it. We'll get you a seat. Well, I came back for two weeks and eventually the classroom was down to a usable size of people and we formed an interesting class. But what fascinated me at the time was that I already had a BA degree. We had people who had graduated pre-med, didn't want to be doctors. People who had gone pre-law, didn't want to be lawyers. People who had started in architecture, didn't want to build buildings or design buildings. We were a core of postgraduate people, men and women, going to a community college to get a couple of two-year technical degrees and go out into the workforce as IT professionals. And we were a powerful bunch. We got jobs. We rocked it, but we were all hands-on. And I'm very proud of that. So it's funny, but my degree, my two degrees in IT were postgraduate. So people say, where'd you go to graduate school? I went to Lane Community College in Eugene, Oregon, and I'm damn proud of it. You know what? We're up to Anybody have uh, any uh, comments on, on IT after the fact as a second career? Tracy, have you encountered this? Well, I, we, we started to have a little bit, and I think what it comes down to for me and, and some of the other um, participants have spoken to this, it's that how do we really help connect people to that which they're passionate about and not to think that there's a traditional career path anymore? Because there's, there's really not people find their way into organizations or into careers from very, very different routes. And I think that's only going to continue to increase uh, over, over the years as we have the next generations coming into the workforce. Um, and I believe that there's a real key message here for employers uh, and organizations that are listening today. And that is that, you know, we need to get past talking about how important this is and really start to figure out how do we think differently, how do we act differently so that we can leverage the fact that we have diversity in thought, diversity in leadership profiles, and that the traditional way of getting people into roles that we've sort of has been tried, tested, yes. through, and we're most comfortable with, it, that's not the way of the future, and, and that requires a mindset shift. I love it. Thank you. When we come back with the second half of In the Cloud with Game Changers with my four wonderful guests, Marilyn and Sherry and Tracy and Emily, I want to ask my four panelists, who are women you admire in leadership today in IT? Let's talk about that. I have a couple notes from some of you. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. This is In the Cloud with Game Changers. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. 
Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. Today we're talking about women in IT, gender diversity at work, in work, around work. We've been talking about the topic, about how women get into IT, whether they stay, whether they leave, whether they're frightened off because of a bad experience with M-A-T-H. Can you imagine that, the math word, early on in their careers? And is math the only way to get into IT? I don't personally think so. And we've been talking about... About this as a general topic. Now I'm going to ask my four featured guests, Sherry Meyer, Marilyn Kipler Cologne, Tracy Arnish, and Emily Jasper. I'm going to ask you in that order, whom do you admire? If you were to have to write an essay right now verbally and tell me who would be on that pedestal if we're even allowed to use that word anymore? A woman who has done it, been there, gotten there, who you could put on a banner and say, look at this woman. Follow her, admire her, and maybe follow her in her steps. So let's start out with Sherry. Who have you got, Sherry? Well, Geraldine, Geraldine McBride, from the president of SAP North America, is one person I had the privilege of hearing speak at SAP um, a few weeks ago. And her, she, well, her speech was just so engaging, but her perspective on where IT needs to go was really interesting and different from the perspective that you get most of the time at one of these sessions. And I thought, you know, her framing her discussion about how are we going to get people to spend money again was interesting because it was almost, to my mind, like the thing you would associate with a female, right, is shopping. <laughs> and she was talking about oh, dear. spend money again, which could have been stereotypical, but her approach to it and where she was going it was refreshingly clear and vibrant and motivating. Now, I don't know Geraldine personally. I've never had the chance to meet her, but I thought she came across very well and was very inspiring. Uh, another person I really admire, I know personally, is Bridget Chambers, who's the CEO of the American SAP Users Group. And one of the things we've all kind of danced around and haven't really talked about is the fact that we have more than one role as women. We're typically wives and mothers, and that really does mean another full-time job. Uh, Bridget is one of those women who has two children. She's raised or in college. Um, she's sharp. She's insightful. She uh, is so successful in her area and managing the American SAP Users Group, was really responsible for transforming that organization over the last several years, is an extremely strong leader. Um, I just admire her so much in the way she's been able to balance both personal and career in her life. 
Thank you very much. Two great examples, and thank you for being so specific about that, Sherry. Okay, Marilyn, anybody you admire you would hold up as a role model for us? So when I, you know, when I think of leadership and women in technology, there's three that come to mind. Um, one in particular I'll go in a little bit of detail about, but uh, one is uh, Ursula Burns. She's the current CEO at Xerox, and she's actually the first recipient of a woman-to-woman handoff which is a fancy way of saying that she followed Anne Mulcahy out of Xerox. Um, so Xerox is a company that's had two women CEOs. Um, uh, and the other one is Meg Whitman, obviously, with at HP. And the one I'd like to talk about just briefly is Ginny Rometty, um, this current CEO of IBM, sure. who was making some splash um, earlier this year around the Masters um, tournament. She was the first woman CEO of IBM, and IBM's been a huge sponsor of the Masters, as you know, and so there was quite a bit of talk about her attending um, and into an all, still an all-male uh, group. However, they, it was nice to see that they just changed that a couple weeks ago. Um, but Ginny Rometty, I followed her as an ex-IBMer. I followed her quite a bit, and she's uh, followed her through the various ranks of, of IBM across um, the different divisions, and I was with IBM when she uh, was on the team that acquired um, PwC and watched her navigate through some very business and cultural challenges of uh, integrating two very large organizations. And I thought she did it with grace and uh, humility and um, just really took on some very difficult challenges um, of integration. So all these women have large portfolios of business um, they are very successful in um, all their ways in terms of uh, driving for results, but also bringing people together um, to to meet those results and to get those um, results that's needed. Thank you, Marilyn. Three great examples. And let's turn to Tracy. And Tracy, before you start talking, I want you to tell us about your quote from Georgia O'Keeffe, and I will read it now. I've been absolutely terrified every moment of my life, and I've never let it keep me from doing a single thing I wanted to do. Quote from Georgia O'Keeffe. Why did you send that to me? Because I think it's great. And then tell me about the women you admire. Sure. No, I, I would be happy to. And it's actually a nice lead. Bonnie, thanks. You know, and I think okay. this gets back to some of the earlier comments that I made about how, we, you know, as women, sometimes we unintentionally hold ourselves back, and there's at mm-hmm. times a need for perfection or a desire to know we're right before we're willing to take that that risk. And um, I'm Canadian uh, for uh, for the listeners, and one of my other favorite quotes is, you know, from Wayne Gretzky, and that's you miss 100% of the shots that you never take. And I really believe that that's mm-hmm. the uh, the mindset or the 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 confidence and desire that we as women need to bring to the table if we really want to achieve. Uh, everything that uh, is is our full potential. And when I think about women in IT and, and two women who I believe are role models for for taking risks, for owning their personal brand, and for you know for being out there and living that living to their potential, you know, two of the names that uh, have been pretty high profile recently that come to mind for me are Marissa Meyer, uh, the new CEO at Yahoo from from Google, and uh, Sheryl Sandberg uh, from Facebook. And what I love about both of those women is I think they represent the next generation of female leaders in in tech. Um, but they also really uh, are attempting to tackle in somewhat different ways, but that very important issue of how do women who happen to also uh, have young children that they care for or potentially aging parents that they, they are caring for, how do they strike the work-life balance or what I like to call work-life harmony because I don't think balance is, a, is really achievable in, in a perfect world. Um, and, you know, both of them for me not only are professional women who are moving forward in their careers, but they really 
have taken a position for themselves personally on what that work-life harmony looks like. And I think that women have to, they have to answer that question for themselves and organizations have to wrestle with that and how they really help create a diverse environment for their, their diverse population to help people figure out what works for them. Very interesting. I'm going to chime in here on your your point about work-life harmony. Uh, about two weeks ago, we did a show on HR. I think it was global uh, global HR, uh, a globalization of HR. Excuse me. So many shows, so many, so little memory left. And we talked about work-life balance. And I said, I mentioned I had had a, a workshop at SAP about that just the day before the show. I thought my guests were going to jump on me. They were screaming, no, 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 it's not work-life balance anymore. It's work-life integration. That's another term, Tracy. And what's interesting was uh, Greg Chase from SAP had read an article in Fast Company about the difference between work-life balance, which really is not such a balanced way to do it because it, we think it's impossible. We know it's impossible. But the integration, good article in Fast Company, if anybody wants to Google it. We shared that link on Twitter that day about two weeks ago. So thank you for that. Interesting, interesting. Emily, let's talk to you about role models. You're our Gen Yer. Whom do you admire today? Somebody older, younger, up and coming, or isn't there anyone yet? Well, so, I mean, there's all the women taking these top leadership positions, and that's amazing. Um, But I, you know, as someone who is tied to a bit earlier in my career, I actually Mm -hmm. have... um, Dr. France Belanger, and she is a professor who teaches all over the world, and she teaches that bridge in information systems and IT so that people don't just perceive IT as help desk, and that's the only exposure they ever have in their careers, that there's more to it than that, and it opens the doors so that people who may not have thought that they have a place in these technology companies, they can because they can bring you know, creativity to it. They can bring business skills to it, marketing and sales and all of the other pieces that make a business run uh, and still be interested in the technology. But you may not be the specialist. And she really builds that bridge. And I think more more effort and education around that. You know, I come from a university most recently that specializes a lot in engineering, but mm-hmm. the steps beyond the lab you know, talking about leadership, those skills aren't part of the curriculum. You know, it's about the research. And she really made an effort to build that bridge, and she does that all over the world. And I think role models like that, people earlier in their career, makes it helps start people on the path towards these amazing leadership roles that we're seeing women still today. Thank you, Emily. I want to go, what you're talking about was a perfect segue. Thank you for that. I wanted to read just a couple of bullet points from the report I started out reading at the beginning from the National Center for Women and Information Technology on how to use their report. And I think this talks to what you were mentioning, Emily, and, and what's on everybody's minds. They say, make the business case for diversity in technology with top-level executives, colleagues, and others. That's one. This is how to move it forward. You inform others about various issues related to women and underrepresented groups in technology that spreads it out a little broader, motivate others to advocate for reform and act as change agents, measure or compare your company's performance regarding women in technology to national benchmarks, that goes to some of the statistics we've been discussing, and implement efforts to measure your company's progress in improving conditions for women in technology. Now, 
Everybody agree with all of those? Anybody have anything to add in terms of going forward actionable items to change the status quo? What we like to call game changing is being disruptive. Hello? Anybody want to add anything? So, Bonnie, okay. this, is, this is Tracy. Yeah. Baby, just a, yes, Tracy. a couple of comments. Um, sure. You know, I would absolutely agree with, with all of that, and I think you see organizations um, generally are all speaking about those are the things they need to be doing. The question that I really struggle with is, well, what's what's holding us back? Why are we seeing organizations struggle with actually implementing or leveraging the things that we know to be true? The business case for diversity and for bringing forward future leaders is it's it's known to all, and it's obvious, but... One of the interesting things that I, I think also um, really needs to be honed in on is helping develop awareness and respect for diverse profiles. And so how can organizations really get to the core of helping the leaders, if you will, really understand what differences look like, how to respect those differences, how to appreciate them, and then really take that forward and leverage it to, to their advantage. Thank you very much. Good comments. We're at our final break. You're listening to In the Cloud with Game Changers. I'm Bonnie D. Graham with my four esteemed guests. I'll read their names off again when we come back from break. And you know what time it is, boys and girls, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for the crystal ball segment. I'm going to ask my panel to look forward five years to 2017 and tell us how they predict what women in IT will look like, sound like, feel like, what the balance will be in terms of leadership and in the, I call them rank and file or in the trenches. When we come back, this is In the Cloud. I'm Bonnie. We'll be right back. Justin, out. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce over 70% of the world's chocolate, more than 50% of the world's brand name jeans, over 72% of the world's beer, more than 86% of the world's athletic footwear, and over 65% of the world's televisions. Learn more at www.sap.com. Think you know SAP? Think again. SAP customers produce more than 52% of the world's movies, collect tolls for over 1.75 billion road miles traveled each year, and represent 80% of the companies on the Dow Jones Sustainability Index. SAP customers fly more than 1.1 billion of the world's passengers, courier over 50% of the world's packages, and manufacture over 77,000 automobiles a day. Learn more at www.sap.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are in the cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. If you have a question or comment for Bonnie or her guests, send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. You can also tweet your comments to pound sign SAP Radio during the show. Now back to In the Cloud with Game Changers. Back with our crystal ball segment. I think it's a Tiffany crystal ball. I'm going to go out on a limb with that. I have four very classy ladies here with me today, and we're going to start out with our Gen Wire, Emily Jasper. Emily, look ahead five years if you can or any time frame you'd like and tell me what if we would be having this conversation about women dropping out of the IT workforce or not going high enough up into that stratosphere. What do you think? Look ahead for me, Emily. 
I think we'll still be having the conversation. I think it'll be framed a little differently, though. I think we're going to have a number of women who, if it's not working for them at the company they're at, they'll leave, but then they'll go do it somewhere else, um, or they'll start a company where they can do it. And I think, you know, we're going to be seeing more of that in general, um, where people break out on their own and make great things happen. Um, I do think, you know, it would be wonderful if we could also continue to see, you know, for girls and teens, um, education, you know, honors not just being around AP English or AP Biology, but including the technology pieces in there and understanding that, you know, kids really need these skills and, you know, in parts of business today that are so important as opposed to, you know, the core educational frame that had been around for a long time but then sets people up to, I was a psychology major, and, you know, that didn't mm-hmm. help me that much. Um, and I really, you know, went back to get more in technology because I realized that helped me more, but it took me into my 20s to get that. And I think that's something that, you know, five years from now, we'll spend more time on that earlier part of education. Okay, thank you very much. Good point of view. And let's go to Marilyn kibler Cologne. Look ahead, Marilyn. Can you go five years out for me? Sure, Bonnie. Um, you know, people like us that have grown up in the high-tech industry, we always say it's about people, process, and the technology. And I think the biggest thing is um, uh, people in that statement. And leadership in technology is really about putting a lot of personal energy into something um, you have to be involved with it, um, both from a strategy and from a detailed perspective. You have to be able to understand and have the ability to go from one spectrum of what the technology does today to envisioning and then managing through those disruptions that new technology brings to both industry and to um, the business. So with all those dynamics in five years or five years out, I, I, I see uh, a continuing need for, as Emily said, the technical skills, um, but the creative skills that we've heard earlier are very, very important. So it's kind of the convergence of of those skills, and um, also the the need to compete on a global basis um, around um, high tech. And then the other thing I, I see is um, the continuation um, of having really strong mentoring programs and executive roundtables where women can come together and share their experiences um, and help teach and pass along best practices. And the increasing use of social media, I think, is going to be impactful um, because we have four generations um, in the workforce today, and we all must be technically and socially savvy um, to reach all um, ages across the organization as well as to our customers. So those are some key key ideas there. Thank you. I'm going to ask you a quick question here, Marilyn. Do you think there should be more programs for girls in the grade school level and what we used to call junior high school, middle school, early high school in terms of, hey, don't be afraid to learn technology. It is cool. It's not geeky. What do you think? Real fast. I I think it is very cool to have more programs in, in grade school and to start them early. And we see um, programs like the Girl Scouts uh, creating educational programs for especially girls at risk in grade school so that they can go out and teach and reach these girls at an early age to say, hey, technology is cool. Look at all the things you can do with technology and have some positive positive experiences around it. Thank you very much. Sherry Meyer, I'm turning to you. You get the drill. You've been on the show a couple times. Crystal Ball, what do you see, five years out or question mark? Oh, I'd have to go with question mark. 
2017 <laughs> isn't really that far off, is it? <laughs> Although I would hope that we'd see a lot of change in five years. I I'm, don't know that that will happen. I do think that we're at a point in the industry and in our life cycles where the collaboration, the social media game that we see going on is certainly opening up more doors for women, and I really, truly believe that. Um, women are great collaborators. We're great at sharing things, I think, more so than men are. We don't hold information to ourselves as much as perhaps men have traditionally done, and so I find that in a collaborative environment, there's a lot more to learn and a lot more exposure for women and a lot more chance to have your voice heard. And so I do think that women will be looked at increasingly for leadership roles and for strong technology roles. Um, I don't know if it's all going to happen in five years. That's the only thing. Maybe ten years. Maybe ten years. Oh, you know, as you were talking, I was just thinking of two of the lead characters on the sitcom, The Big Bang Theory. And they are, one of them is a very high level, uh, lab researcher, and the other one is, I guess she's an engineer, and they are so high up the food chain that they can only date or marry genius men because that's where they operate. Very interesting role models, question mark. And let's turn to Tracy Arnish, our global VP of talent experience at SAP. Tracy, can you look at five years, or I'll give you the same question mark I gave Sherry. How far out does your crystal ball, and is it a Tiffany crystal ball, Tracy? Excellent. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> and a shout-out to Liz Breder. Go ahead. So talk to me. What do, what do you see? Well, you know, I would mirror similar comments to, to what's been shared. You know, I, I would really like to say that globally we will have made significant progress by 2017, even 2020. However, I, I can't say this with the confidence that I wish that I could. If we use the past as any predictor of the future, we still have a long road to go. But, but I, too, I'm really encouraged by what's happening globally. Um, you know, we're seeing more visibility of female leader role models out there. We have more leaders and organizations and countries taking a more active position. I also think as we see the uh, Gen X and, you know, uh, Gen Ys coming through and uh, starting to raise children, I look, I have a five-year-old daughter, and I'm already talking to her, uh, and I hope coaching her and helping to get her thinking differently. Maybe my parents did for me today. So you know, bringing all of those things together, I think, and as organizations start to take more interest, we will start to see that shift. And uh, it's really important, I believe, for the women of today to really keep that focused and, again, be out there in front leading the vision that we would like to see. Thank you, Tracy. If I were to have the same exact topic, if we're still doing SAP Radio five years from today, would the topic be women in IT, gender diversity at work, or would that just be a boring ho-hum yawner because it was already happening at a much higher level? What do you think? Is it going to really escalate so well that we won't have to talk about it? Is there going to be a paradigm shift in women in IT getting the respect and leadership opportunities that we're talking about today? Quickly, what do you think? Tracy? Well, it's a story. If you, yeah, I'll take that. I, yep. I think it's still going to be a topic. As much as okay. I hate to say that, I believe we'll have made progress, but I still believe it's a topic we're going to have to keep focus on. Thank you. And now it's time for Bonnie's predictions. And mine are easy because I know what's coming up the next two weeks on SAP Radio. Woohoo! In the cloud with Game Changers, September 6th, we'll be talking about mobile moments. Some IBM case studies, very interesting. And September 13th, we'll be talking about cool BI, emergent trends in the cloud. Coffee Break with Game Changers, our other show, Wednesdays, 8 Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. September 5th, right after Labor Day, I'll be talking about right time experiences, mobility, the RTE 
way. That's an interesting topic. And September 12th, we will be revisiting manufacturing. Factory of the Future is now part two. Great panel on that one, too. Quick question. If you're a startup, learn about SAP startup forums. Go to spr.ly forward slash capital SAP, capital S, and small T-A-T-R-U-P-S. That's SAP Startups. We have a a forum today in Palo Alto, California. It's probably too late for that, but we're moving to Paris, Dublin, and Singapore on September 6th and Sydney, Australia, September 11th. I want to do my shout-outs to Patricia Harris, Malcolm Kimberlin, Greg Chase, the Business Channel team, everybody at Voice America, and I want to say thank you to my very special guest, Emily Jasper. Always a pleasure, my dear. Lovely to hear the Gen Y perspective. Marilyn Kibler Cologne, a pleasure to meet you, and thank you for accepting our invitation. Sherry Meyer, always wonderful to have you on, and we'll talk to you again soon, I know. Tracy Arnish, it's been delightful meeting you, and thanks for all of your great information. And my parting message to everybody is go out and be a game changer today for yourself, your company, your community. Anything you want to do, just go shake up the status quo, be disruptive in a great way, and make things happen. I'm Bonnie D. Graham for SAP Radio. Talk to you next week. Happy Labor Day to those in the U.S. Bye-bye. Thank you again for being part of In the Cloud with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Please join Bonnie D. Graham again next Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. And be sure to tune in to our other program, Coffee Break with Game Changers, every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern, also on the Business Channel. Between shows, visit us at www.sapgamechangersradio.com.